Jello, and welcome to Cousins Corner Podcast. I'm your hostess, always doing the mostest, Tiffany Renee. Unfortunately, my co-host, Kenitra, couldn't be with us this evening. I know, I know, I'm sad too. But I've got good news. We've made it to our last episode of the season. Episode 10! Woo! And we have a guest. Yay! Y'all hold on. Honestly, I'm trying to read notes from my phone tonight, y'all. So... <laughs> All right, y'all. So like I said, today is episode 10 and we're really excited. So listen, if you haven't already done so, I need you to go grab a wine or champagne glass cup, a Skippy peanut butter jar. You know how we be doing with the juice and stuff, whatever you want and something to drink to help us celebrate our 10th episode. So I'm gonna give y'all a moment, grab y'all stuff, come back. All right. So if you didn't tune in last episode, Kanitra and I actually talked about infertility awareness and our own personal experiences with infertility. Today, our special guest is here to talk with us about women's health, more specifically, maternal health, even more Pacific, minority maternal health. So without further ado, let's put our hands together for my airy sister from a different mister. She's a mom, an aunt, sister, friend, and advocate. She's got extra letters following her last name, y'all. Put your hands together for Miss Shaniqua Morales. Thank you. Oh my God, I feel so loved and like <laughs> special. That was like the best introduction ever. Thanks. I would have made more noise, but you know, I don't want to get too crazy. <laughs> I hear you, sis. I hear you. Right, well, next time I'm going to have a clapper. Oh, that's what I was actually thinking. Remember I was telling you at the beginning, like how I'm the soundboard. <laughs> so I was thinking, oh, maybe I should have like stuff here to assist me with being a soundboard, like a tambourine. Yeah, you get the clapper, the clapper. or the thing at the party that goes, oh, the whistle thing. thing. Yeah, like the, what is that called? The whistle things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. I mean, wait, because I got two, they got the ones that like, whoo, whoo, something like that. And you got the ones that go, and it like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't really, I, I might get, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna go to Dollar Tree, get a few different things. Get a few different ones, see which one you feels right. right, which one vibes with you. Right, you know right. what I mean? You gotta fill yeah. it out, test it out. That, yeah, okay. that makes sense. Some whistles, you know, we'll mm-hmm. work it out. That's what I'm gonna do. Uh, side note, Dollar Tree, if you like to sponsor Cousins Corner, you can send me a lot of stuff. I'm down with it, I'm for it. We appreciate you. We'll shout you out. Right. Dollar Tree, Family Dollar, Amazon. Oh, it's you know, been a while. Amazon. No, let me tell you something. Amazon need to holler at me, okay? Because well, no, no, I'm not the only one. I do go to an Amazon anonymous group because I need help. <laughs> we, don't, we don't talk of such things. <laughs> need help. Boxes by the door. It's too easy. <laughs> I freaking track packages on my phone. Like, excited. I order and then I forget that I ordered and I'm like, oh, I got a package. Not me. I was just talking about me the other day. As soon as I order it, I type it right into my phone. And then I put down the, what I ordered and the date that it's supposed to come in. And oh. then I get, yeah. And then I get a text message like the actual day and they're like, your package arrived. And then I call mom and be like, hey mom, what you doing? Hi. You feeling okay? She's like, yeah, what's up? I got a package, so I need you to get it right now. She'll be like, oh, okay. <laughs> so you didn't call to say hi and check on me. <laughs> Tiffany Renee, it sounds like a condition. I'll call you. I okay, we'll deal with that on the side. Call your people. Okay, that'll work. Yeah. I'll give you a Cousins Corner email later on. <laughs> they can reach out to me there. <laughs> All right, y'all. This is my girl. Let me tell you something. We can get, I'm, I'm, we're going to try and keep ourselves on track together because I, we could definitely, it could get crazy. And um, not that we don't want it to get crazy, but Shaningo has a lot of amazing information um, for us tonight. So I don't want to uh, withhold that from all my joking around and stuff. So again, welcome to Cousins Corner Podcast, Shaniqua. I'm so glad that you decided to join us. Um, I don't know if you want to take a few minutes and just tell everyone a little bit about you. Yeah, so firstly, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for this platform. Thank you for the messages that you share because while we can laugh and joke, there's so much out there that people need to be encouraged by and a lot of the education 
the educational portion of it, or even just the talk and the conversation around it Mm -hmm. validates someone's experience, which is a very powerful thing that you do. So thank you for what you're doing. And thank you for having me. I am honored. Um, And I'm excited. I'm excited. (laughs) Yeah. See, that's that soundboard. Yes, sis. Yes. (laughs) But um, no, I think having these conversations and creating platforms for people that look like us mm-hmm. is very liberating. And we're in a space where we need that. We need that safe space to come and say, Hey, you're not alone. Mm-hmm. I think that's where we're at now between COVID and um, maternal health and a lot of these issues that are affecting black people and people of color. Right. Mm-hmm. So thank you for what you're doing. And, th- and thank you for giving me a platform to share the sure. message. I think it's a very powerful, powerful thing. Mm-hmm. A little bit about me. Um, there's so much, you know, I mean, there's, there's so many things. <laughs> I don't really know what you want me to share, but I am. Okay. So I am, um, I work as a nurse. Mm-hmm. I, I am a nurse by trade. I am a mother. I am a business owner. I am an advocate, you know, um, I'm a lot of things. So it's really hard to narrow it down, but essentially I think my main goal. I started as a nurse, um, 10, this year will be 10 years that wow. I've been a, a nurse. I am specific to maternal health. So mm-hmm. I've worked labor and delivery. I've worked postpartum. I've worked, um, well, baby high risk. Um, there's a high risk unit I've worked on. Okay. So I've done a lot. I've worked in management. I've done a lot of different roles. Mm-hmm. And what I found was that I have a very loud mouth mm-hmm. and, um, a very out of the box, think outside the box type of personality and thought process. And so I never really found my niche per okay. se until recently. Um, I am a single mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know which way you want to go with this. Well, no, this is, this is good. Right? I mean, you can say we're a single mom, but you know, we definitely are, I guess they will gear more towards the nursing background. Cause I, yeah, I, I, I know so, there's a lot, you know, to you. There's so yeah, much, just, right? But even, yeah. And I only mention it because, you know, you can still be an advocate despite your personal situation, yeah. right? We, if, if our purpose aligns with what it is that we want to, with the opportunity, I encourage people to take it. Don't feel like you're held back by circumstances or situations, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, find a way to kind of work around it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's why I, I mentioned that. But yeah, so essentially... Um, I spent majority of my career on labor and delivery and just witnessing a lot of, it's just very cool to help God bring babies into the world. Mm. That's really all I have to say. And I know that on the, in the past few years, I've been able to just um, make that experience. My whole goal when I have a patient in that labor room Mm -hmm. or even postpartum, it doesn't matter where my patient is, but my goal is to make that experience as positive as possible. Right. Okay as empowering as possible there are things that happen that we can't control sometimes it's not always good um but I feel like I was put there to make a difference in that family's life Mm -hmm. despite the outcomes and I feel like as a nurse we can do that as clinicians and as a woman I want to help empower that mother and that woman to like know that she gave her all and bring Mm -hmm. her best to the table and validate her in that moment because that sets the tone I personally I personally believe for the rest of her, that's such a tone. That's the starting point of motherhood for her, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of like what I do. So now I'm in a space where last year was really challenging, obviously for all of us between, you know, um, all of the protests and COVID and the inequities as far as health. We had a whole bunch of moms I mean, we have a whole bunch of moms pass away anyway, but last year we had really? a drop. Yeah, there were um, three deaths in New York, three maternal deaths wow. that could have likely been pre- prevented. And we don't know because the things that should have been done weren't done. Right, so there were right. things that could have been done, right? Um, and so I really had to sit down and say, you know, what can I do to be a part of the movement? What can I do to affect change and save lives, right? And it was really challenging, but thank God between the protests and the anxiety from all of that, I was able to sit and just pray about it. And it just came to me like, nursing is your platform, use nursing. Like Mm -hmm. women are dying every day. The the New York, I mean, 
the United States has the worst morbidity and mortality rates for women in the in the world, like one of the worst. Wow. Um, for every one white woman that becomes sick or dies due to childbirth related complications, for every one white woman across the country, two to three black women die, right? Mm. If we bring that back, because we're from New York, so if we bring that to New York, across the state, the ratio was one to three. Mm. If we narrow it down even more, I work in the city, I work in New York City, in Manhattan, and if we narrow it down more in the five boroughs, the ratio is one to eight. Wow. Wow. Okay, so, yeah. And it it hits me every time I think about it because mm-hmm. it's, 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 it's a net, why is it one to eight? Why for every right. one white woman, eight black women die mm-hmm, or get mm-hmm. sick? What are we not hearing? Why are we not listening to our patients? How are we diagnosing our mm-hmm. patients? Are we, are we being, you know, like, there's so many different layers to it and I don't want to, it's kind of hard to go into it. Right. Right. But essentially we got, we got to look at that part. And that's where I felt like, exactly. We got to look at the process. We got to look at the dynamics. We got to look at what we're, we're diagnosing, who we're looking at, where, what communities, right. Mm -hmm. Um, People will go to hospitals on the Upper East Side in the city versus a hospital that's down the block from them in Brooklyn mm-hmm. because they know they'll get better care where the white folks mm-hmm. go. Mm-hmm. Is that mm-hmm. right? Right. Is that no. fair? Mm-hmm. Right. So there's racism in every field that you go to, and I just right. chose to use my career, my platform, and I pretty much had a goal to address the concern and address the issue from two angles so one from a community level Mm -hmm. I need to empower my people I need to empower families I need to teach you I need to answer your questions I need to address concerns I need to connect with you to find out what's happening in your care Mm -hmm. what do you feel like would be better as the patient so I ended up um partnering with a friend of mine a a colleague and um, she's also my friend, which I'm blessed in that way, right? Uh, but we started a, an organization called Our Mama's Heal. Mm-hmm. And the Heal stands for Health Equity Advancement Leaders. Mm-hmm. Now we just launched it, so give us a few. <laughs> we do have Instagram. <laughs> We're still getting the logistics together. Right. Um, but that is one way that we are using our knowledge and mm-hmm. our platform to share knowledge and bring awareness to the community Mm -hmm. and to those families because if you know what's what questions to ask and you know what to look for you know what what's signing something that's not good during pregnancy when should Mm -hmm. i call my doctor i don't want to be i don't want to be annoying to my doctor right Mm -hmm. we got to change that thinking all right i was gonna say which also means that it's okay to ask questions and people need to know that if you don't feel right don't let people shut you up about how you feel so, totally. so before we get more into that, uh, let me ask you a question. What actually made you, because you, you started saying some good stuff. So I want to know what made you to decide to become a nurse, more specifically a labor and delivery nurse. And then if you could segue from there is because of the things that you've seen and experienced in being labor and delivery, is that what caused you to start doing what you do now? Okay. So what the first question is, so what what <laughs> what what made you decide that you wanted to become a nurse like, for labor and delivery? So if if I'm totally honest, yeah. I was six. I was six years old. I was having a conversation with my grandmother. Mm-hmm. I said, I don't like kindergartners. <laughs> <laughs> what can I be before kindergarten? I was oh. I was obviously in kindergarten or first grade, whatever it was. I was like, I don't, I don't really like kids. Mm-hmm. but I want to do something like that wow. but I don't like kids she was like so why don't you be the one that takes the babies out of the mom's bellies mm. and I said ah I like that yeah they're babies you just give them away Aww. I like it and that Interesting. was my grandmother it was a conversation at the age of six with my grandmother followed by me obviously now I have a mission right so I need right. to know how does this happen where do babies come from how right. do we get them out <laughs> You know, <laughs> so it was a lot of drawings and pictures from my grandmother. The wall with the outlet and the plug and the electricity oh. is the baby. Oh, wow. Okay. I oh, used yeah, Barbie dolls, but okay. No. Oh, no. She didn't use. 
I didn't like Barbie dolls. Oh, well, I love Barbie dolls. And I decided I not to get off topic, but I decided one day I was going to give my younger cousins the sex talk. And I, Barbie dolls? I took Barbie and Ken and I, I brought them out and I said, this is Barbie, this is Ken. And they're looking like, okay. And, like, and they love each other so much that they got married. I had to throw the marriage part in there. Yeah, that's that's. And then I said, right. I said, and when you love each other so much, you get married. I said, once you're married, I said, they decided to take their clothes off because they wanted to show each other how much more they loved each other. And then I. How old are these kids? I'm sorry, I just need to know. You know, I'm not gonna lie. I may have this could be why one of them has a kid now, and (laughs) why they aren't married yet. I don't know. It could have been my fault. It could not be. Maybe it's the environment. I don't know. Um, (laughs) but they weren't. They must have been like maybe nine and ten or something like that. Maybe I don't know. Oh, that's Um, actually decent. No, 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 that's decent. Yeah, but I I don't even know how I got started. I was just like, has anyone told you guys about the birds and the bees? And they were like, what? What? Oh, you? Yeah. You offer that? Yeah, yeah. No, I was like. I was like, have you have your parents spoke to you about the birds and the bees? They're like, I said, say less. Let me show you. I busted out Barbie and Ken, so I took their clothes off and I turned them upside down and held Barbie and Ken by the head, and I clanked the plastic dolls together and explained to them that was sex. <laughs> and they were just like, okay. I was like, so that's what you do when you love each other. And I flipped them back over, put their clothes on, and I was like, and that's that. <laughs> I love it. No, but to your point, I know we're <laughs> laughing and making light of it, but actually to your point, if we even go back before maternity and all of that, right? Mm-hmm. That's part of it. We need to be having these conversations with our kids. Yeah. You know, we can't think that if we don't talk about it, it won't happen. Right. Or and, and I will say this. I have a nine-year-old. I thought I was going to be fine because my first daughter, quote unquote, right? My, mm-hmm. my niece, who's, who I consider my firstborn, mm-hmm. we had conversations about all kinds of things, her body changing and her period and do boys like you, you know, did you do anything? And this mm-hmm. is over the years, you know, and, and so it's, it's great that I have that space with my niece, who was like my first daughter, right? Mm-hmm. She's now going off to college and, you know, it's great. I, but I'm, we have a great, I know it's insane, I right? It. But like, we have a great relationship and I, I did that on purpose with her. And I, I thought, I, I have a great relationship with my daughter. We do talk mm-hmm. about boys and do you like him or does mm-hmm. he like you? Because I feel like when I was young, those conversations were very liberating for me with my grandmother. Mm, okay. And having those conversations didn't make me feel like I needed to be rebellious mm. and go figure it out for mm-hmm, myself. Mm-hmm. If anything for me, and I'm not saying this for all children, but if anything for me, knowing that I had that space with my grandmother yes. to have those conversations took away the curiosity of yes. wanting to know I'm alone. I think and, that's a snap effect. Right? And the thing is too, as I got older... And I was in my teenage years, she would let me do more. I didn't want to violate her trust. Yes. Because yes. she was so open with me. Mm-hmm. There was no reason for me to try to, you know, do anything sneaky right. or anything. Well, like right, that. right. Because she talked to you about it. Exactly. I'm going to say that's a fact. Sorry. <laughs> Which is funny because usually you would think it would be the opposite. You'd think grandma would be like, ah, and mom would be like, oh, yeah. No, but I, honestly, I, I, I'm I, 100% with you on that because it's the same thing with my mother. First of all, she should have knew I was going to be a hot potato because I think I asked about sex at like five years old. And it's not like I was oh, watching too? nothing. Yeah. Maybe it's the Aries thing. Listen, if y'all Aries out there and y'all start asking y'all mommies and daddies about sex after you came home from playing house in kindergarten, uh... <laughs> I'll yeah. cousin's corner let me know because mommy said she was baffled. She was like, what? You know, like, I was like, so tell me something, you know? <laughs> but because my mother made me so comfortable over the years and I was able to talk to her about things and stuff like that, it did make it easier. And I wasn't as curious about it. And then when kids in school started talking about it, I wasn't like, wait, what is this sex they talk about? They talked right. about stuff. And I was like, oh my God. Honestly, when they talked about it in middle, I think middle school, high school, one girl shared her experience and it scared the crap out of me. Mm. So I was like, you know what? I don't even need this. I got Barbies. I don't need whatever's happening with her. I want to be able to walk. Okay. And I'm, that's all I'm going to say about that. I don't, want to, I don't want it to burn when I pee. And I want to be that's able to walk. Okay. She was boasting like it was some great thing. And I'm over here petrified. So, 
not to get off topic I can't again. Lie, that actually to scared me too. That actually did. I was like, wait, it hurts. Right. Oh, no. Right. I was like, nah. Mm-hmm. You know, again, not to <laughs> shout out to my first timer. Um, he ain't hurt nothing. <laughs> Neither did mine. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I told I told my this is they're gonna be like, this is a TMI episode, whatever. I went to my GYN after I had confessed to my mother that I did the Macarena. That's what I call a sexual Macarena. And she was like, you got to go to the GYN. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, when we got I there. that that part, and I'm going to stop you only because the fact that you could go to your mom and share that moment with your mom and not feel scared or ridiculed or retaliation or like. It, I was petrified. But you still did it. At church. But you, that was smart. You were strategic about it. But you still told your mother. How many kids did, don't tell their mom? Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. And they. Yeah. I didn't tell my mother. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I it's guess your chance. Just- no, it's not- <laughs> <laughs> Mommy. Right. I have something to tell you. Eden. Eden is my daughter now. Go in the room. Yeah. <laughs> tell my mommy something. Turn to Usher, put your hands on these in my confessions. I really <laughs> had sex at three. Say no. <laughs> Sorry, y'all, not three. I should have said like 12 or 13. I'm sorry, not three. Okay, come on, come on, come on. I'm sorry, we got to stay focused, right? My bad, I'm sorry, y'all. But yeah, no, you know, but this, so it's just, it is an important thing, but my point was is that when I went to the GYN, I told her that I think she took my virginity because it hurt more <laughs> when she was in there than he was. But shout out to him. I hope I hope life is treating you well. I hope he's taking <laughs> something of yourself. <laughs> anyway, speaking of vaginas, back to what we was talking about. <laughs> I feel like sometimes for I have to do warnings time, in the beginning. Huh? <laughs> so for the sake of time, I'm going to let that go. <laughs> but when we off the air. Right. Oh. <laughs> it's finna be on. <laughs> but no, back to, okay, but back, I was trying to segue. I was trying to, you know, everything. I feel like I should be giving warnings sometimes certain episodes, but sometimes I don't know what's going to come out of my mouth either. But I feel like in the beginning of every podcast, I should be like, warning, warning. That's it. <laughs> That's it. They go, like, what are she warnings about? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I should just record myself. Warning, warning. Tiffany might say something reckless. So if you got kids, this ain't for them ever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so they be playing the podcast at dinner time and these are like, yeah, vagina, vagina. Oh, God, the spaghetti. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now you gotta talk, now you gotta talk to your kids about sex. Cause Tiff. Because Tiffany Renee and opened up the the, the but I think to your point that is important. I think yeah. I think especially young people today, yes, particularly for the emotional changes mm-hmm. and the social changes that they've endured right over the past year, this whole remote schooling and these stupid mm-hmm. masks and social distancing and all of that. They, they are going to seek out other ways to get out whatever they're feeling. So yeah. having these conversations with your kids, and back to my point, when I had to sit with my daughter and explain her period was coming soon, mm-hmm. I didn't feel so comfortable doing that. I'm a labor nurse. I did it with my niece. I did it with my, like, I was like, what is wrong with me? Why do I not feel comfortable with this? It is not a comfortable conversation to have. So if you can't have it or you don't feel like you're ready to have it, Reach out. We can have it together. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I meant. Yeah. (laughs) Phone a friend. Right. Right. (laughs) right. Find someone you trust to have the conversation with you with Mm -hmm. your kids, but you have to start normalizing these sorts of conversations so that, you know, we can start to move forward in being proactive Mm -hmm. in our health, Mm -hmm. proactive in our emotional well being, and proactive in our maternal, in our women's health because that's the biggest issue is we keep everything to ourselves we have this thing women of color all of us have this thing where we're strong and we can handle it and we don't call nobody we don't tell nobody and that's not that's not doing us any justice any good this like no we have to unlearn all of that strength that we have use it but don't you're not you're not an island you're not in this by yourself right Right. Um, so I think those conversations around with our children and our teenagers, as young as they need to be, it doesn't yep. matter if they start asking questions, answer them. Mm-hmm. They're going to find out. Either they're going to yeah. find out yes. from you or, or they're going to find out some other way TV, and it's going to be messed up. So like sex is, sex is so sexualized in today's yep. society that 
they are learning and talking about like we asked at five but they're hearing about it yeah. at five and six you know so yep. so talking about you know maternal health i saw on um your our, our mama's heel ig page um that's their instagram guys our mama's heel m-o-m-m-a-s it's all one word um you guys actually talked about um black maternal health week which was april 11th through the 17th i never knew this existed um and like i say when me and kenisha were talking about our last ep- um our infertility episode um, two weeks ago it was during black maternal health week um which is very important and again a quick side note um if you are not a person of ethnicity a minority listening to this podcast um our cousin's corner as you know we are a, a biracial podcast um but because we both are minorities we will talk a lot about see i think sometimes people get offended with things and what i like about this is that I can't be responsible for how you receive something. And I feel like I need to say this because this won't be the first or the last podcast where I we may be specific to minority talk. This is who I am. I'm an African-American woman. My cousin is half African-American woman. So certain stuff that we deal with, other women of other ethnicities aren't gonna understand. And even though maternal health is an overall woman's thing, it's a major issue in the black community. So with that being said, I just want to let, you know, my listeners know, you know, you don't have to not listen to this, nor do you need to be offended by it, but it's something great for you to learn because who knows, you can maybe turn around and advocate for someone else or encourage someone else, you know, to stand up for their selves when it comes to maternal health. So I just want, you know, I should have probably said that in the beginning, but it's better late than never. So anyway, I, I just want you, cause I'm so excited and so proud of you for what you're doing and we've known each other for such a long time and we're both so much alike, you know, we're different in ways where we're so much alike with stuff, but fun fact, I actually wanted to be a pediatrician. And then I actually I wanted, yeah, I wanted to be a pediatrician. Ever since I was a kid, I said, I wanted to be a kid doctor at the time. I didn't know it was a pediatrician, but I used to tell mommy, I want to help kids and I want to be a kid doctor. I didn't want to do that. But then I found out about the baby situation and I was like, oh, I want to pull babies out. Like I want it. So I was like, oh, I want to be the baby doctor. That's oh, I, wow. what I wanted to be. Yeah. But so it's funny. Your grandma encouraged you, excuse me, in that field. But then my grandma was baking. <laughs> and so I went from, I want to pull babies out. So, okay, I guess I'll take the cakes out of the oven. So, you know, still taking something I mean, out of the oven. Yeah. You know, you know, babies, exactly. cakes, oven. Exactly. You know. But, uh, <laughs> but so it just always intrigues me, you know, watching you grow so when you know when i had went on when you did the um the the zoom event before i was like look come on girl don't she to. so i just <laughs> want you to talk to this is what this whole thing is about and i don't want to keep getting off track but i really want you to give us more about um black maternal health and kind of what what's encompassed in it and kind of like you know a little bit about like maybe what you guys did during that week of you know encouraging or advocating yeah advocating women with that absolutely so essentially I chose nursing because it was the cheaper, shorter route okay. <laughs> than going to med school. Um, but, and I mean, you know, that matters, but I, I'm, I stuck with nursing because I feel like nursing offers a space of connection okay. that not to say physicians can't, mm-hmm. they are just our thought processes are a little different. And when it, when it's done the right way, nursing and medicine really fill a gap. They fill each other's gaps. Mm-hmm. Where I can address the full person from a more holistic standpoint and have a little bit more time with them. Um, that's why I chose nursing. And that's why I chose to, as far as labor and delivery, it was because I just like babies. Um, and so in terms of, um, you know, I'm just trying to think back to, to your question because it's so vast and this mm-hmm. is things that we definitely you know, anybody has any questions or they want to connect offline, you can definitely like reach out to me and I'll have Tiff drop the, you know, my contact information. But essentially Black Maternal Health Week, I didn't know about it either until a few months ago. And that's what I wanted to say. Okay. With regards to the listeners that are not of color, mm-hmm. right? If you're Caucasian and or you're just not a, a person of color, we need you too. This is not it's not to say it's not about you in the sense that it's affecting you in those ways. And that's 
obvious with the data. You know, we talked about that one to eight ratio in New York City, right? It's, it's affecting women. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. No woman should get awful care. Right. Um, it's just affecting us at greater rates. Right. And we're dying at faster rates mm-hmm. than our counterparts. So where I have partnered in different things, I, I, I told you a little bit about Our Mama's Heal, but I also have a company that I'm, I started called Empowered Clinical Solutions. Okay. And what that does is Empowered Clinical Solutions really connects with executives, doctors, healthcare workers um, to improve skill set, to empower the clinician, to make sure there's equity in the care that's being offered at the bedside, in the hospital, in the doctor's office, in all of those professional sites. So we have the community setting with Our Mamas Heal, and then I have the more executive professional setting with Empowered Clinical Solutions. Um, Black Maternal Health Week is a very powerful thing. I, I can't say, I don't want to get it wrong about when it started, okay. <clears throat> but it has been for a few years where it solely focuses on the statistics and the solutions. A lot of, there are so many different ways to come at it, but I think what's happening now is Black women in general are just losing faith. And, not, and honestly, I don't know that we ever really had faith in the medicine, mm-hmm. in the medical profession. Mm-hmm. If you look at the history of medical racism, that is a very real thing, which now leads to systemic racism in hospitals and then the way care is delivered. So for example, one of the biggest issues we have in the hospital, whether it's, you know, um, whether it's OB obstetrically related or not, is pain and black people. Mm. Let's talk about it. Talk about okay. it. Mm-hmm. We about to. Mm. About to. Mm. You need to snap, snap. Mm. One, two, Talk about oh. it. Y'all might want to take a sip of wine right now because it's about to be <laughs> real. real. Snap. Somebody, somebody finna get upset. Go ahead. Tell them. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. There was a doctor years ago named Dr. Sims, Marion Sims, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and he used to, he dubbed himself like, he's considered the father of gynecology and they had all the statues all around New York City. And for over a hundred years, they celebrated him for modern gynecology because he figured out how to, he, he was doing like all these different surgeries and helping women and they were getting better. Right. And he would, he would, um, he performed these surgeries on slaves because this is back in time okay. of slavery. Okay. And he also performed the surgery on white women and, and princesses and royalty or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the way that the picture, the way that the story was told was that he was, the guy to go to, whether you were a slave or you were an empress, it didn't matter, he was gonna help you. Now, my favorite, one of my favorite quotes in the whole world is whoever controls the narrative, no, sorry, whoever tells the story controls the narrative. Okay. The truth behind that was that there were, he was not, he was, he was operating on both. He wasn't lying there, but on black women, three in particular that we have documentation on, he was not using anesthesia. Mm. So he's operating on these women's vaginas Mm -hmm. with no anesthesia because there was a presumption that black people don't feel pain. Mm. That thought process still runs through our system, our hospital system today. Mm. We are meant to feel like I have seen time and time again where a doctor, maybe there's, you know, the baby is born and there's like a tear and sometimes it needs repair, sometimes it doesn't. But I've seen situations, black women and white women alike, but more so in black people, where they're not given any anesthesia or they, they're not giving anything to numb the pain while they're repairing. That's a needle going through your vagina to fix it up. It's happening before, so. Exactly. It's, and that comes back to, I actually had a patient recently, um, maybe a few months ago, she had, um, she was sickle cell. She had sickle cell and she was in sickle cell crisis. That is a very painful condition. Not so much the fact that you're pregnant, which just exacerbates everything, right? Mm -hmm. She had been on morphine her whole life. It wasn't like we were going to come in and change that for her. Mm -hmm. That's just what it was. A nurse, and she happens to be a black nurse said, we need to, why are we giving her morphine? We need to be weaning her off of this before she leaves. I said, 
She has sickle cell crisis. She's been taking morphine her whole life. What makes you think you're going to change that? Right. Right. And then she mentioned something about pain management, following her, all of these other things. And I said, well, if that's how you feel, then escalated to the resident, um, escalated to the doctor. Mm -hmm. She was like, no, it's fine. Mm. Things like that, when we don't stand up and stand on and advocate for our patients, Mm -hmm. our patients end up having to advocate for themselves. Mm-hmm. And while I believe a patient should advocate for herself, which is why we sit and we do these community events, right? To, to sit and bring knowledge and empowerment in the community. As the clinician, we need to be doing better to be advocating for our patients and our people. Yes. And that's why I really started honing in on maternal, Black maternal health equity mm-hmm. and starting to put solutions together for our, for that specific population, for our specific population. because not every clinician is going to do it right and I have a big mouth and I had to do something right (laughs) right right um and it's our time to step up and advocate for each other as women we need to start coming together in these communities we were never meant to do this alone Mm -hmm. Um, I think we run in our own silos thinking I could do this I got this I got this but one thing I'm learning especially in my friendship with like you and your mom and and just our my tribe is that no, we're not meant to do this alone. Because there's, I'm down and I'm gonna need something. I'm gonna hear, need to hear something to lift me back up. And so mm-hmm. whatever I can do to bring awareness and to bring effect change to improve outcomes, that's what I'm gonna do every single day. Whether it's Black Maternal Health Week or not, <laughs> right, but, right. Uh, the main focus of Black Maternal Health Week is to really bring awareness around doulas and options and how to talk to your physician and what type of physician should you have. You want to make sure you have someone you can speak to that makes you feel mm-hmm. comfortable. If you feel rushed, that's not the person for you. You want to find someone else. Mm-hmm. How to have a set of questions. Have and remember your your physician, your provider works for you. Right. You don't work for them. Right. You're not inconveniencing them in any way. If you're requiring, make sure you go before your visits to like, you know, have questions written down because when you get there, you might forget, you might get mm-hmm. nervous, something might happen, you might forget, but like do things to advocate for yourself because your voice matters, yes. I guess is really the goal and the message that I want to put out there. Okay. That's good. I hope that answers your question. No, yeah, no, that's really good, but I, that, that's really good. So, and like I said, I'm going to put all your information for just you know maternal health and your health in general i think it's one definitely find a provider that you feel comfortable with that you feel like you can talk to that you feel that you're heard you don't want to be with a provider that makes you feel small or makes Mm -hmm. you feel like you're annoying like no there's questions you need to ask especially during pregnancy um that's okay. You can call them every day if you want to, because they work for you. Right. Okay. Um, so make sure that you find a provider, whether it's a nurse midwife or, uh, you know, OB, obstetrician, it find someone that works for you. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's challenging because you may have to travel a little more, go a little farther, kind of reach a little bit more. And that can be challenging, but I say for the sake of don't stay with a doctor for the sake of convenience, particularly mm-hmm. if you're not being heard. Mm-hmm. Those are the kinds of, that's where situations start to happen. Um, so if there's anything that I would say in terms of, or, you know, any woman, but particularly black women, I strongly encourage you to use your voice. Um, if you are in the hospital and you kind of, you know, you feel like your care wasn't the best, please use a pen and paper or an email <laughs> mm-hmm. and voice your opinion. Mm-hmm. You'll get surveys in the mail and tell them the truth. Don't be afraid to share even your demographic information because right now, especially in New York, the focus is around improving care specifically for us, right? Okay. So don't be afraid to share dem- the demographic information. Tell them what your race is. Tell them how old you are. Tell them, you know, what number baby this is for you and and share that information so that they know whose voice is saying what Mm -hmm. because having something in writing is a lot stronger than you know I had someone ask me once you know yeah you know when I when I'm there my husband's a lawyer so at what point should we pull the card that he's a lawyer 
you know, and the fact that you even go in there thinking you would have to do that kind of sucks. Mm -hmm. I understand why you would. Mm-hmm. You know, you're trying to find some sort of platform or clout to make sure you get the right care. Mm-mm. The best way to do that is writing a letter. Mm. If I'm completely honest, fill out the surveys that they send you, find out who the CEO is of the organization, find out who the executive doc- director is mm-hmm. of the organization and specifically address it to them, address everything to them. But when you put it in, there's a power in writing, there's power in the pen right mm-hmm. um or in the email <laughs> um so your voice if anyone has to give you if i do nothing else tonight i give you permission to use your voice mm. state when something is wrong state yes. when you feel like you're not being treated mm-hmm. right state when you get a weird vibe mm-hmm. from someone if you want to request a different nurse i've had plenty of people do that too it's your i'm not saying be defensive because some mm-hmm. things we might have to hear. We might have a condition that likely is we're just more at risk for, right? Mm-hmm. And all these different conditions. That's a medical condition. You want to make sure that you are being taken care of someone that's going to be specific to your need while considering that medical condition. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's advocating for yourself there's a balance between advocating for yourself and then, you know, adhering to treatment plans. Right. You got to find that balance. And if you're not sure, there are doulas that you can speak to. But again, you want to vet everyone because you're going to get to a point where some people are so, I've had midwives that practice as, as physicians that are so invasive and done so many things that are so unnecessary. And then I've had physicians that practice like midwives and it's all hands off, right? So it's, it's to the person. You just want to find out what vibe works right. for you. Right. You don't want somebody telling you everything you want to hear, but you do right. want someone telling you, okay, this is what's happening, but here's the plan. Mm-hmm. Here's how I will support you through this plan. Mm-hmm. If you hire a doula, you want to make sure that this doula is someone that has a balanced approach. In the middle of a crisis or an emergency in the hospital is not when we're going to start doing all natural remedies. Mm. Absolutely not. We're going to respond to that crisis and that we want to make sure you live, <laughs> like mm-hmm. we want to give you your best chance. So we, we got to learn that balance. You might have to do a little research or you might have to ask some questions. Right. And again, that's where I want to put myself out there. I'm available. You know, if ever you have questions or you want to shoot an email, or it might be something lighter. You want to have a discussion around different ideas, whether you're a provider trying to be more present with your patient or a patient trying to get more presence from your provider, I am, my goal is to support you. I've built these organizations and these, um, these just these- Community platforms. Platforms, right. yeah, to be able to do that for people. So please feel free to reach out. We can totally have a conversation around yes. whatever the concerns are to make mm-hmm. sure it's a balanced approach for you right. as the patient. Now, let me ask you, are you still doing doulering? I know that's not a real word. Are you still a doula? <laughs> are you doulering? I know what you meant, though. <laughs> doing. I like it. I am not a doula anymore. Um, but I do, I know, but I, I take on some people. Mm-hmm. Um, I got you. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I don't, I, I used to, I, that was my first business, actually. I, was, mm-hmm. I did start a doula business, but I don't do it anymore now because- one, I want to be able to show up for my clients if I do show up okay. as a doula and I, I wouldn't be able to show up the way I want to because I'm, I'm a little bit more focused on making sure that the care in the hospital is, is up to par and there's health equity infused into that care um, and offering courses. But I do know doulas okay. that are excellent and I mm-hmm. would definitely be willing to recommend um, mm-hmm. doulas for anyone okay. interested. Uh, when it comes to my personal circle, I can't say that I won't show up. I'm actually going to be offended if I can't show up. Because I was going to really say, I wasn't really, at, to be honest, I was really asking for myself. Not for you, yeah, I'm going to show up. Yeah, I was asking for myself, honestly. So, <laughs> And it's so funny you mentioned that. Like, like it's, it's funny you mentioned that. And that's a kind of, you know, I know we've been talking, we're going to start wrapping up. But mm. um, I did have a friend who was... Um, symptomatic she had severe range blood pressures very close friend of mine like 200s over Mm. hundreds it was real bad 
And I had to force her. I had to yell at her to go to the doctor because culturally we like, no, we're good. I don't feel anything. Mm-hmm. You don't have to feel anything for something to be wrong. Mm-hmm. Or it can be the, a small feeling. Please. I worked in a doctor's office and the things that these people would call about was burping. Yeah, like, I know. I burped. Oh mm-hmm. my God. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you burped. Okay. Mm-hmm. Burped. Like, they're not afraid. And I think that's the difference, right? When we look at these ratios, I think culturally, white people are not afraid to say or do anything. Right. Or seem vulnerable. <laughs> or seem vulnerable. Right. 100%. They are on it. Like anything. Mm-hmm. They're on it. Mm-hmm. They're on it. <laughs> right. And then we are sometimes, not always. Right. It's not the general. Right. Right we can be so opposite like nope i gotta go to work nope Mm -hmm. i can't this can't i can't let this bother Mm -hmm. and that is what my friend was doing she was like nope i got the kids i got this i got that nope i'm not going i was like you are gonna stop and you are going to go to the hospital because if you don't you will stroke out Mm. all right and then who takes care of the kids when you have a stroke Mm -hmm. or you die right Sometimes I have to be a little bit more blunt. Yeah. And so she did end up going to the hospital. She did. They ended up discharging her without solving her problem, which I was upset because she didn't call me. Mm. So then she went back to the hospital the next day. I told her, go back and do not leave until this is the criteria that you hit and you meet. Mm-hmm. But not everybody has me in their life. Right. right? Not right. everybody has someone that's knowledgeable or an advocate. So you got to do a little research. You got to mm-hmm. know when to advocate for yourself, when to say, no, I'm not leaving the hospital mm-hmm. until this happens. Mm-hmm. You can say that. They can't kick you out. Right. <laughs> like you have to sign papers to mm-hmm. leave. Um, so, you know, she ended up getting, you know, having her experience and I was there and I showed up for her and I couldn't be her nurse because it's too close for me. I, I'm very protective and okay. you know, too close. Mm-hmm. But I totally was her support person. I went, you know, I was there when the baby was born. I was there for her with her and and I was there to support her. So yes, I got you. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's important to have support people around you and be yeah. knowledgeable and just reach out for help. Like yeah. if they, I guess that would be my biggest message tonight is like have a conversation it's just a conversation Mm -hmm. you know um and don't be afraid that it's a stupid question or oh this could Mm -hmm. be nothing no it could be something Mm -hmm. right right um so just ask ask the conversation then I had another friend the opposite happened she called me about everything (laughs) you know and she and it was great I I eased her anxiety and I was able to show up and support her and you know, she had a, she had a, it, it turned out well, thank God for both of them, but mm-hmm. you just had two completely different people, personalities. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so we have to be mindful that we don't allow our cultural beliefs of don't bother the doctor or don't do mm-hmm. this, you know, you know, or mm-hmm. we just, we stand up for ourselves and we advocate. Let me tell you something. My GYA, she already know how I am. When I'm just doing regular checkups, she be having to, I'm, I've gotten better. So my, my point is I, I definitely make sure I advocate for myself. And if I don't feel something, I'm like, doc, <laughs> some don't seem right down there, you know, so, and that's, but yes. everyone's and not sometimes it's like, frustrating. Yeah. Sometimes it's frustrating because you do have to find different people or different avenues or you have to keep looking. Mm-hmm. But once you start find that, what that provider that just the vibe feels right, then go with that person mm-hmm. and Again, do your research. Yeah, but, always. Yeah, yeah, but you you have a right to be heard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have a right to be heard. Yeah, that um, that's awesome. Listen, y'all, uh, we are gonna wrap this up because Shaniqua and I will sit here and we will talk for the rest of the night with y'all. It's gonna be four o'clock in the morning. Y'all gonna be like, oh, we still. All right, I'm gonna advocate for myself. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna on Google. I gotta go to work. You know, so <laughs> um. It's definitely turned into a second part, or I mean, I know I'll say this there's always op- open opportunity for you to come back on Cousins Thank Corner. You. Um, and we will definitely, when you have events and stuff, we will definitely be advertising your events. Awesome. Um, we think you're yeah, a great and you partner can... to have. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. No, and I think at the end of the day, just there's so much information around yes. it. So as you're Googling, 
Dr. Google is not your friend. I think that's my last takeaway. Yeah, I'm glad if you said anything, So when you are doing your research, please use credible sources that end in dot org. Oh, so, so, so Google's, not, Google's not the doctor. No. Oh, because I could have sworn. See that? I know. I, 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 thought, I thought I had prostate issues, but it didn't make sense because only you don't have one. Right. Oh, okay. See, see, Google it misled me. All I said was like, I he was a semen strain. Don't say these things. You're my friend. I can't have you walking around thinking you have a prostate. Oh my god, I'm guys, we're guys, this show now. I know, I know this is Tiffany Renee's cousin corner, but we gonna go now because I got to tell my friends some ting and tings. <laughs> we got talk. <laughs> But uh, again, I thank you so much for coming on tonight. I really hope that everyone that's listening really enjoyed and you guys really received a lot from this in between the laughter and stuff. There was a phenomenal message within um, all the laughter and talk. And I really hope that you guys received that. Um, I will be putting all of Shanika's information in the description box. um, So you can always do that. Like I said, you can follow her on Mama's our, sorry, our, O-U-R, Mamas, M-O-M-M-A-S, heel, H-E-A-L, all one word, on Instagram. Um, also, if you want to get in contact with us to leave a comment, question, suggest a topic, or share a story, you can send us an email at, our, at Cousins Corner. I was going to say Our Cousins Corner. <laughs> I'm trying to intertwine us, baby. <laughs> no, you can email us at Cousins Corner Podcast at gmail.com. And again, if you want to get in touch with her, and you don't remember the IG, whatever, you can always hit us up. We'll always connect you. Um, also, make sure you follow us on social media, IG Cousins underscore Corner underscore podcast. Facebook is Cousins Corner. And Twitter is at Cousins Corner underscore. Um, I think that's going to really be it for today. I know I usually have Make sure you subscribe to Cousins Corner <laughs> too. Yeah, I say subscribe, star. We're still share figuring it out, friends. to be honest. Yeah, chefs, thank you. Share it and tell, tell your friends to tell their friends to... Tell their mama to like us and follow. <laughs> tell grandma to create a Facebook page just so she can follow us <laughs> as well. <laughs> and listen, this is like your mom, your best song from Biggie. Tell your friends. No, oh, yeah, Tell your friends to tell get my with friends. my friends so we can, so we be, can friends. be friends. That's a throwback. Ooh, somebody gonna be laughing at us because I don't know if we said the right artist, but we well, knew what we was talking no, about. It was. It was definitely puff. I'm about to look it up. Your friends. Okay, anyway, watch you look that up. Please shoot us to subscribe. Well, we know it was a black artist. No, we stop. <laughs> I'm about to look it up. You put it in the show notes. <laughs> so listen, y'all, like I said, I'm so excited. This was an amazing way to wrap up season one, episode 10. Um, I'm so, um, unfortunately, my co-host couldn't be here. But um, I know she would have been excited to be here. Um, we can take our glasses up and toast and cheer to one season, one season ten episodes. Um, and we will be back in May. Let me look at my calendar because I think it's going to be our next episode is going to be May. I think May thirteenth. So remember, guys, for the month of May, it's going to be messy May. Okay. So you know, Kanisha and I don't really gossip, but we're fixing to find some topics to talk about. We're going to be. <sighs> We're going to be real messy in May, y'all. So (laughs) I'm super excited about that. Um, And that's it, y'all. So until next time, thank y'all for joining us. Bye. Good night.